from one. They're lining up on the inside. And he's over! Hocock very keen to get into the action. Oh, and a big tackle! Hello, everyone, and welcome to Hit Tree, the Fox Sports Rugby podcast. And this episode has a truly international flavour. With me, Sean Lonnie Donnelly from the Monte Carlo Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas, and he's all the way back to our town. And we're waiting in the wings. Is Warwick Hart back, rower and vice captain James down it's alongside. Christy Doran and Sam Worthington, boys, our first cross-planet hit. How good is this? Mate, so good to hear from you. you. You're starting to sound a bit metallic over there. You're sounding like an alien, so hopefully uh, that, that comes right. But, yeah, we, we've got a uh, flashy podcast room here at Fox HQ and, uh, mate, excited to hear some stories from Vegas and, and talk some Super Rugby. Yeah, the Monte Carlo Hotel and Casino buzzing ahead of the sevens this weekend. Send uh, the teams floating in and around. And I'm going to nip off a little bit of crap off the back of this chat, but I'll let you guys kick it up and run with it, and I'll jump on in where I can. Good stuff, Sean. Well, first of all, mate, you're over there in Vegas. Uh, why have you gone over there, mate? Is it you just just came to make some money? Well, no, that would be the last reason I would go to Vegas to make cash, is to spend plenty of it. And, uh, and have a couple down on the street, but to watch how Clay Cooper goes on, the main reason, Clay Cooper and the guys, see how they get on in the next league of the uh, HSBC Sevens World Series, it's Vegas this week, Vancouver next, but I've kept my eye across everything super rugby related uh, in round one, and Dave Dennis, not a bad start from your men. Yeah, no, we, uh, we started okay for the first three, I think, and then the, the last... 40 or 50 minutes is pretty average, but um, we'll need to be a lot better against uh, the Brumbies tomorrow night. They've uh, obviously started very well down in Canberra against the Hurricanes, so uh, we'll need a bit better performance than we put up against the Reds. But, uh, mate, uh, looking forward to another old teammate uh, having a run around over there with Quaid and Pat McCutcheon as well. I think a long time between drinks with him in the 70s. I think 2011 was his last game, so good to see him back as well. And um, I'm sure he's adding a bit bit of value to this squad over there as well. Yeah, it's been a long time since the catch has been around. You were a day Dennis, and, and you, obviously you've taken his role as the club captain at the Warriors. Uh, it's been it's been tough. Though. It's been really tough for a number of those guys coming back who've played few teams and not been in and amongst the seven circuit. The game has come on so much since a lot of those guys last featured, and a number of them have taken a couple of tournaments before they've been brought back into the swing things. So he's hoping for Australia's sake to have the catch can uh, get it happening at Sandboy Stadium this weekend and uh, and so too quite all eyes are on Quake Cooper this weekend to see if he can make that transition as well. Yeah, just quickly, Shawnee, before we get on to the Super Rugby, have you, you had many discussions with the, the Sevens crew over there and how is Quade uh, settling into the, to the Sevens scene? No, only, only, just, only just touched in, uh, Sammy Worthington. I've only just... Uh, no excuses. ...the feet in the room here in the, uh, in the cast. So uh, that will that will play out in the next day or two. But he was there with the squad. Quay was there with the squad in Sydney, obviously just getting a taste uh, on the training part to see how it goes. It's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting to see how things play out as well because the field here in the space of Sandboard Stadium is a little bit skinnier than uh, your regulation field. So that's going to limit some of the width that 
play, he can put on his passes in some of the room. He can create for likes of Cam Clark and uh, and Henry Hutchison. Can we get some dimensions from you, mate? What are we talking? Talking forty-three point one eight. Just a little, just a little, just a little bit skinny there, boys. And also, it's, it's an astro turf setup too. So there's no way with the first deck. She's straight astro turf. Have you ever played on the uh, on the hard and fast with an astro turf? No, I haven't. I haven't. I've trained, I've trained on it a bit. I'm sure uh, in the coming years, over in the beautiful weather down south in Exeter, um, I'll probably have my first game on uh, some AstroTurf. But um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how Quay goes. One, I think um, there's no doubt his ability with ball in hand and uh, how he can play with that width. But um, uh, the other side of that is you've got to be able to defend. And like you said, the way the watching the sevens last uh, last couple of weeks in Sydney. Um, the physicality and the way the game has developed and how, how uh, much ability some of those fellas have with ball in hand, it uh, really puts pressure on guys defensively. So uh, it's going to be very interesting. But I think, uh, I think the Aussies are in a pretty good position um, on the back of that, that, that uh, final loss in, in Sydney. All right, well, we'll jump into uh, Super Rugby now, boys. And, and Dave, uh, the Tars, I imagine, you'd be reasonably satisfied with how you kick things off, especially the first half performance here against the Reds. Yeah, like I said, I think uh, we were happy with that, that first 20 or 30 minutes and then we dropped dropped away pretty poorly, to be honest. So uh, uh, no real excuse. You can probably blame early start of the year and um, getting, finding our feet and um, still recovering from, from Peel Forest. But uh, no, I think uh, I think we showed some glimpses of what we we're capable of and what we, how we want to play. A um, couple of really good individual performances, I think. I thought uh, some of the younger guys, Dave Horwitz at 12 and Jed Hollow at 8, first starts with the club and... Uh, they, they perform very well, so um, they'll need to back that up again this Friday, um, obviously against uh, Timur and Itabaya, respectively. So um, it's going to be a great challenge. A lot, lot of talk about the back row down there. Um, obviously, they, they sort of tend to lead the comp with that pressure over the ball, so we know that for us to be able to play the way we want to play down there and, and play attacking football, we need to be really accurate in that area. So uh, done a lot of work around that attacking breakdown this week, and um, good to see big Cliffy Parley back on the bench as well, which... Uh, we thought he was lost to us there for a while. Thought he was over in uh, having his miso soup over in, in Tokyo, but um, he's fortunate enough he's had another year, and they've been really, really smart in the way they've managed his body. And he's taking his time. He he looks fit, and uh, he'll come back by the bench, and hopefully have a bit of um, bit of starch late in the game. So uh, the boys are really excited. We've got a obviously a light run today, then get stuck into it tomorrow night. Good stuff. I'm just bringing uh, Christian here, mate. You you were watching all the opening round games and uh, a few concerns over the, the Waratahs scrum, do you think? You got any uh, tips to give, Dave? Oh, one or two, one or two concerns over this scrum, but I'm sure they've addressed that with Cam Blaze, and he probably kind of brushed it off throughout the week by saying, look, we're all good, and it's the first one up against Greg Holmes, very good prop there. So, look, I think they'll, they'll come back there, there's no doubt about that. It's always going to take a little while when you lose to Kobe Kepu, quality uh, and Paddy Ryan's shifted over to the other side. So one or two adjustments. But, Deno, I'm just interested. You're, you're playing against the Brumbies this week. Nigel Arwong, you're going to be coming uh, up against. Oh, no. He might hopefully stays on the bench, I think. Uh, is he? He's, yeah, no, I, I can't remember last time I met his shoulder pretty hard down in Wagga there. So, uh, no, obviously uh, recovering all right from that. But um, trying try to actually make a decent tackle on this time rather than be a speed bump. But, uh, no, back to the scrum, I think... Um, it, you know, from the rugby, the rugby purists would understand, but those that probably um, just watch the game from a distance probably don't realise the uh, the challenges with with moving to the other side of the scrum. Although it is still the front row, the differences between tight end and loose end in the scrum is is significant, and it does take a while to adjust. And like you said, Paddy Ryan's playing on the left uh, at um, 
and loose head for the first time, I think, in a long time, maybe a little bit at club rugby, but that's a huge adjustment. And um, Angus Tarbell, who's new to the club, finding his feet, and um, that front row only played sort of 40 minutes together throughout the three trials. So I'm uh, not making excuses. We need to be a lot better, as you, as you know, the, the uh, Brumbies with more in the middle there have got a very good very good scrum, so we need to be a lot better in that area, but it will be a work in progress, and um, I'm sure the boys would have been disappointed, as the line-out needs to, needs to work and, and improve, because the way the Brumbies play, it's very much set-piece orientated, and they're very very efficient around winning the ball at set-piece time, so we need to really improve those two areas. What about the Brumbies? Just an extraordinary start from them. We all knew they'd be uh, contenders and, and a very powerful team, but yeah, I was watching that game over in Wellington uh, with, with a whole lot of Hurricane supporters and uh, we were crying into our beers over there. I mean, were you guys surprised just how slick they were in round one? Well, that's your team, is it? I thought you were going to follow them because they made the final last year. No, I'll stick oh, with, with them. I'll stick with them, mate. I'll you're the type of bloke who jumps off because they lost the final. I'll you're the Highlanders this year. You've got the wrong bloke. You've got the other team with you. So you're lucky. Yeah, no, I... I was probably surprised in both ends in the way... One, the way the Brumbies play and two... The way the Hurricanes played, in a sense, they would be very disappointed with that effort, I, I imagine. Um, first up off of, uh, um, off the back of, I think, a week before they put 70 on the Crusaders and then, and then uh, got 50 put on themselves down in Canberra. So um, they would be disappointed in that. But I think for the Brumbies, uh, if you actually break down, look at where they're at, and this is probably their best opportunity for a long time with the squad they've got. Obviously, guys moving on next year in more to more. Um, Possibly a few other senior guys moving on. I think they've probably really identified this year as uh, their year to strike, and um, that that for them obviously started round one. There's no warming into it for them. Um, maybe other teams uh, have got a mindset of building into the season. Clearly, last week the Brumbies uh, were very well prepared to start well, and um, uh, you know that, that, that'll be no different tomorrow night. They'll be looking to improve on that performance, which is a massive threat for us as a, as a team. I'd like to share about the breakdown um, as, as there are, sorry, Sean, you got something to say over there, mate? Well, I just want, I just want to know, just on that, Dave, they clearly Bill came out during the week and said that the big rivalry now is more uh, Warwick Cards, the Brumbies, and Warwick Cards, the Reds. How do you see it? Yeah, I'd have to agree with him. Um, it's still, obviously, it's still, uh, it's still exciting and, and uh, a lot of feeling when we play the Reds, but I think what has happened over the last two or three years, uh, the Brumbies and the Warwick Cards, two very different teams. We've had similar goals in trying to be that leading Australian team and uh, we've been very competitive, had some great matches over the last couple of years and um, there's still a lot of feeling there, albeit a lot of mutual uh, mutual respect between the two teams. I think uh, that's what's created a nice healthy rivalry and um, you know, the Brumbies are, for me, have been very consistent in the last three or four years in the way they played. We've, we've had some good success in terms of making finals, obviously winning in 14. Uh, but we still search for that consistency that the Brumbies seem to, to show every week. So um, from that, there's been a lot of mutual respect between the two teams, but also a lot of feeling in the, in the sense that we want to be that leading Australian team. So uh, obviously you've got an early opportunity to, tomorrow night in, in, in regards to the, the season, and um, I think both teams really want to uh, take the top of that conference nice and early. A lot of chat about the breakdown after that game, um, the Hurricanes coach was, was pretty filthy, sort of refusing to even talk about uh, the refs or where it, where it went wrong. Um, there's a big focus on the breakdown in every single game, but I imagine Pocock, Fadi, those guys, even more of an emphasis uh, amongst you guys. Yeah, I think you've, you've just got to give credit where um, credit where credit due is a great uh, chopper read, would say. Um, 
And they're probably just the line in that area, and they have done for the last couple of years. He'd be getting red carded very early in the piece, but he'd be effective. Don't worry about that. But uh, no, I think um, I think uh, they've towed the line around the, the laws in that breakdown over the last couple of years, but they do it very effectively. I think um, they're a team that really disrupts your rhythm, and um, for us to play the way we want to play, ball in hand and attack, we need to be very efficient in that area. Or uh, we'll find ourselves uh, getting turnovers or penalties, and, we, and when you get in that and you're, on, and you're on the back foot, it makes it very hard. But uh, I think in terms of the way that it's, it's being managed, I think the referee really needs to set a clear, um, clear instructions early in the match. And if he has to give a yellow card early, he gives a yellow card early. And, and that tends to set the tone. I think um, if you let it ride out for, for too long, the game's almost won or lost before they start making decisions and going to the pocket. So if they set a clear, um, clear instructions early on, ref it as they have, how they see it and they're consistent for both sides, I think that makes the game a bit more enjoyable for, for not only the players but the spectators. So it's always an ongoing thing. It's always up to interpretation. But um, the Brumbies, you've got to give them credit. That's a key strength. And like you said, the back row you mentioned. Plus, it's not just their back row. It's their whole, whole teams tend to have an on-the-ball focus and they're very good at disrupting it. So uh, we're going to have to be very good there. Good stuff. Let's uh, go back to Vegas now, Shawnee. And you were uh, at that uh, game over in Perth, of course, the Force and the Rebels. It was, uh, I think, 40 degrees during the day and the, the ball was like a cake of soap, but they still tried to chuck it around, didn't they? Uh, what did you make of that first up from those two teams? Well, it was such a relief. It was so nice to see, finally, that the Western Force were going to play a little bit of rugby and toss the pillar and give a bit of air Look short uh, on occasion, more often than not, early on they drop it or they go a couple of phases to get and get uh, and turn over the ball. But at least the intent was there and they had a crack. And we saw Dane Haywood Petty come to the ball, who was excellent last year for the Western Force and showed EPN the other night that he's going to be one of their go to players this year. And on the flip side, Brie College for the Rebels had a had a huge night out. So what about the boot on her? Extraordinary. To counter that, but um, you know, at least at least they were having a having a lash. Another another manly boy coming out of the uh, the Woolworths to play Super Rugby, Sean. You'd be pretty proud of that, mate. Reece College. Yeah, big unit, Reece College. So he came all the way through uh, Manly Colts and uh, had played sort of 12, 10, 15, and the other night he was named on the wing, and unfortunately. The Rebels lost uh, Jack Everest, then he and Mike Harris, so he popped up at Cam a little bit, then fullback and made a real goal at Reece Hodge and has got fellas, has got one of the biggest boots in the competition. And he hits him from the kicking tee, and my God, they say he, he hit one the other night, went out of the stadium. Not even kidding, went out of the stadium. Hit the moon on the way through. That's the attitude over there at Perth, though, isn't it? It's a long way. Hey, what are they at over there? Are they below sea level over there? <laughs> well, yeah, Shorty, it makes, uh, makes it interesting this weekend with um, obviously the two teams that didn't come away with a win on the weekend, the Force and the Reds playing each other. What are you thinking there? Uh, well, I think if the Force continue to stick to their guns and try and, uh, and, try and do what they did and play a little, a little bit looser against the Reds, I don't think the Reds are going to quite know how what to to make of it because everyone's going to be so used to playing against that structured, rigid Western Force team who will kick to the corner and roll with more and that sort of stuff. They went right away from that at the weekend and if they do that again at Suncorp, well, 
I reckon they might just thumb the Reds. I reckon they could turn them over. Pretty cool, pretty cool. I, I like it. And I saw the odds there, and I think they were paying about $2.40 or 70 or something. So uh, you're in Vegas. It's time to gamble. Let's go to the fourth. <laughs> it sure is. No, I reckon they'll go well. And uh, John O'Land, for his tip in many, many weeks ago from the Western Force to be a breakout player for the fourth. And, of course, he is a, already a two-time Super Rugby champion. But I think we saw enough last week to indicate that uh, he is going to be front and centre for his team this year. Yeah, that's a good call, Shawnee. I uh, obviously had a couple of years with Jono and he's a uh, very talented football. He's got a good rugby rugby head. But uh, I think on that, Sammy, what do you reckon, mate? A few few tips on uh, who you reckon is going to be the standout this year in the Australian... We'll just go to the Australian teams first. I think, uh, for me, I think you look at a guy like Jed Holloway, the way he performed last week, first first start for the club. I think really exciting opportunity for him. So I'll, I'll keep it local and stick with my own team and say, uh, for me, it's going to be, going to be Jed. Yeah, the player that caught my eye in uh, round one, I mean, there's plenty of them, but Thomas Cabelli, um, uh, the big raps on him, obviously a test quality halfback, and, and Steve Larkham had said before the season that he's going to give them you know, that, that X factor, that extra dimension with his running game, and he, and he certainly did that. So uh, I just, just like his assertiveness around the ruck and um, his ability to, to spot a gap. So yeah, I think he's uh, slowed them beautifully, and he's going to be one of the, the buyers of the season, I think. Christy, what about you, mate? Well, I was telling you, Sammy, a couple of months ago that I really rated Alan Alatoa. I thought he, uh, first up, taking the position of Scotty Seho, no, no main feet, and um, he nailed it. He was very strong at the set piece. And um, How many A's in Alan Alatoa? Can you... What are you, what are you saying? First question. name and, and last name? Both names, yeah. Oh, I'd be, say... There'd be about seven. Six or seven, isn't yeah. it? It's not. It's Alatar, isn't it? Alatar. And his big brother made his, made his debut for Crusaders off the bench on the Michael, weekend. Yeah. So big Michael will do this for a few years. So that's his father played for Samoa at the '91 World Cup. And, he, and so. Alan's just re-signed for another three years in Australian rugby and, and Brumby. Yeah, so that's great news. Great young prospect there at the, the front row. Yeah, I think Michael Chick has had a bit to do with that by the sounds of the AU yeah, got involved, and he, he's a huge prospect for the 2019 World Cup. So yeah, big big raps on Alan Alatar. So he's your your man to watch this season, Chris. Yeah, he is. And I, I was really impressed with, with Carmichael Hunt last week. What, what did you have to think of him, Dave Dennis, last week? Yeah, I think um, he he actually he posed a few threats out there. I think um, really came in line at the right time. He he looked to have a lot of spark about him. He looked looked fit and fast and. Um, I think he's moving to 13 this week, uh, which is probably even better for the Reds in terms of their attacking, uh, attacking ability. So, yeah, I was, I was really impressed with the way he uh, carried himself, and he, he seems to be a really mature head in that, that young Reds back line. What about you, Shawnee? A player that caught your eye in the, in the first week, uh, or, or Reece Hodge, we covered him already. Anyone else? Lance. Uh, I think Hodge went well uh, from, the, um, from the Ripples as well. Besides, like Jordy Reed, who we've seen getting around for a while now, they just, they've got great depth that they've been building over a number of years, the Rebels, and I think they're going to test a number of teams this year. I think when they get full strength, uh, particularly at home, they, they find the, the stockade patience of that next little um, notch up. I reckon they're going to be very, very tough to turn. Yeah, it'd be interesting this week. We're in the early test of them over in Victoria against the Bulls with, with a few injuries. Thursday can still out, I think. Um, Colby Fanga out, so they've got a couple of issues. So uh, I actually think they might knock off the Bulls over there. They're, the Bulls are pretty disappointing against the Storms down in uh, Cape Town, and um, that'd be a real, real clear indicator where the Rebels are. If they can go up to Pretoria this weekend and knock them off over there with a few injuries, um, that'll that'll really set them up for the, for a solid season. 
Yeah, I agree. We were talking about uh, good value on the betting markets there and, and the Rebels, I think they're a chance. They, they're already in Perth, so you don't have to travel so far to get over there. It's not quite so taxing. And the Bulls are a bit of a rebel in week one. So, uh, yeah, I think, I think they're a chance there. Yeah, Jesse Creel out for the Bulls as well. Uh, they're outside centers. That's a big loss for them. No Andre Pollard. So they're um, yeah, big big opportunity for the Rebels. And they certainly targeted this opening month to come away with the, the chocolates. All right, boys, just finally, we, um, we'll sort of cover off one of the talking points from Rugby 360 this week. And uh, Greg Martin uh, wrote a column uh, calling for, Dave, you actually touched on it before, for, for referees to go to the pocket earlier and more and dish these yellow cards out to, to clean up the breakdown. Do we agree with that, guys? Do, do there need to be uh, more yellows flying around? And, and Marto even had the, the thought that maybe you could just make them a five-minute uh, yellow card rather than ten, but, but hand them off more often. What do you think, Sean? Is that the way to go to make a, a good game even better? Yeah, I don't mind. I don't mind the idea of that. Uh, I think I think it's got a lot better in recent times. I don't think sides are as cynical now as they were previously when they get pinned in their 22, when they previously just give up the three points. So I think it's getting better, but I also reckon that round one of Super Rugby season referees try and themselves, you know, they're coming off a long off-season as well. They want to make sure they nail it down and sometimes they go a touch overboard. And I just thought uh, that second half in particular between the New South Wales uh, Cars and the Reds just ground to a bit of a halt. Those last moments of that game, I know it's not breakdown related, but they were torture to watch, absolute torture. Yeah, so how do you feel about being called torture to watch, Dave? No, I came off, so that's all right. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, no, I think um, anything that uh, makes the game a bit more appealing also, not only for the players, but for the spectators. And um, I think the card is still a very very important tool in in managing the game, but it needs to be used, uh, I think, mainly for those cynical instances. So if players are deliberately trying to disrupt your ball illegally, it needs to be used. If it's an interpretation or... A 50-50 where the players have a genuine crack and got it a little bit wrong, then obviously you need that needs to be managed. So um, you don't want to see seven or eight cards a game, and uh, you know uh, the sort of quality of the match um, affected in that regard, or the defence affected too much. You still want to be a, a contest. That's what everyone loves rugby about. But um, I just think, like I said earlier, it needs to be the tone needs to be set early around how how the match is going to be panned out and the use of cards. So if you need one early, so be it. Christy, your thoughts, mate? Would you uh, support that, that going to the pocket a bit more? Look, no. Uh, I think certainly uh, the referee there, I think it was Lees, Andrew Lees, was it? Yeah, I think he probably should have gone a little bit earlier. Pocock was penalised on a number of occasions at the breakdown. He wasn't the only one, but we saw in the Waratahs-Reds game that, look, the ref wasn't having any of it, and he gave Rob Simmons a card pretty early on. Big moment in the game. But I don't like the idea of five-minute cards, ten-minute cards, red card. I think, look, that's just, if you're going to put action, do it early. Be decisive, be firm, but uh, be fair. Good stuff. That's uh, wise words for all the kids out there from Christy. You're looking like a bit of a father over there. That was inspirational. <laughs> be, be fair. All right, boys. Well, um, thanks again. And uh, Sean, all, all the best over there, mate. Uh, don't get yourself in, in too much trouble. Are you going to Vancouver after this? Is this right? Yeah, so it's a two-leg of the uh, seven-series Vegas-Vancouver double off the back of the Wellington-Sydney one. Um, it's about this time I, I lock in a zero-dark-30 mode, boys, so um, I just go rogue, and I may or may not see on the other side.
Johnny, I've got a, I've got a little tweet during the week too about your takeaway in Bagala there. The gentleman Eddie G wasn't wasn't much wasn't much of a fan, but he what he has suggested is the uh, Chinese noodle house in Key Street in Haymarket. So when you get back from your forty-eight hour travel day from Vancouver, we can head down there and bunker down and have some uh, <laughs> have some chicken feet and uh, a cold beer together. Is it called the? Is it not the Mingwa? So is it, is it a sister to the Mingwa or Nyingwa? No, no, it's Chinese noodle house, mate. You can't get those confused. Okay. Don't get them confused. Where did the tars go in Canberra hey, after, after, after a game? The crap, the crap table is calling. The crap table is calling. Okay. Right. Go. Jump on it. Good to see you. Right, here. We'll let you go, mate. Dave, uh, all the best uh, tomorrow night, mates. Um, and where did the tars boys go for a post-match feed? We're, we're back onto our favourite topic of food there. Sean's just hung up on us. Sean's, Sean's had enough. He's getting some beds, I think. Where do the Taz boys go in, uh, in Canberra for, for maybe a snack after a game? Oh, there's not too many options down there late at night in Canberra. I think, uh, oh, I don't know. We, we, we sat at the Crown, which was right next to the casino, so we might uh, sit next door and have some complimentary peanuts on the, on the roulette table. I don't know. Sounds good. Sounds atrocious. Yeah. All right, boys, uh, thanks uh, very much. Dave's going to get off the training, but thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Enjoy the rugby, and we'll catch you next week on the podcast.